When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 73 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan again here with you this week. And this week I am delighted to be joined by Donald Kelly. Donald, how are you? Top form, Ronan. Thanks very much. Sean Dunn, how are you? All good, Ronan. Thank you. Shane Magoo Magodrick. Shane, how are you? Good, Ronan. Cheers. And Connor Lynch, how are you? I am top of the world, Ronan. Thank you. So this week we will look back on the two games between Sligo Rovers, first of all against Viking and then the away league game against St. Pats. As well as that, we will discuss the latest news, including the senior women's team. We have a special announcement regarding a trip to the White Hag Brewery in Ballymore, County Sligo. Choo-choo, all aboard! <laughs> and we will look ahead to Friday's game away to Finn, Finn Harps at Finn Park in Ballybuffet as well. So first of all, as I suppose we go back to the Viking home game on Thursday. Um Donald, it was a it was a one nil win and it was a it was a you know it, it was kind of a, a kind of I suppose the end of the European adventure but a nice way to finish it. Uh, absolutely Roland. I mean like you couldn't ask for any more uh, just to close and put on a performance, put on a show, a full house uh, and that's really delivered on the night. In fairness, it could have been more than the one goal. Obviously, we had the, the, the penalty kick. And had that got in, you know, it was like 18 minutes left. could have been a different game. Uh, well, you know, not saying that we would have we would have equalised or whatever, but having said that, would have been a little bit more pressure on the Viking and would have, been, would have made for an interesting uh, last 15-20 minutes. But a fantastic performance and a fantastic way to end a great European adventure for us. And hopefully, we'll have another taste for next season. And Sean? Yeah, no, was, uh, as Donald says, it was a great way to end the European adventure. Um, I thought we were worth more than our 1 0 win. I think we nearly got off to the perfect start in the, what was it, the first 40 seconds where Levac has one cleared off the line. I think the keeper just finally gets a touch on it. Um, that's, you know, if you get that goal, God knows what happens after that. But uh, no, I thought, look, we were very good. So we were an excellent game, football control the game. So. It's just a pity we couldn't do more about it. And Magoo, I suppose the 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 game there against Viking on Thursday was like, would you say like I don't know, like what what pleased you most about the win? Like was it just I suppose they, they kind of came to with a, you know they were five one up, they kind of knew how to, how to hold on possession. But I suppose like was it was it pleasing to see that like you know there wasn't a, you know. Just because we were fighting yeah, I think it was, the first leg, like I think it was it was it was it was pleasing to do ourselves justice. Because there's no like we even said it here after uh, last week, even after the five one that I, I don't think there's that much of a, a that much of a gap between 
ourselves and them. Um, so it was really pleasing to see such justice because they they had the same team. I think bar one, I think they made one change yeah. from the team from the previous week. I thought some of the football we played was was brilliant. Like people can say, I oh, don't run at half pace and whatever, but some of our football in the first, especially the first 25, 30 minutes was outstanding. Some of the one and two touch football was was brilliant. It was great to watch. Uh, so I think that that was the most pleasing thing. And obviously for the for to put on performance like that for the crowd and to to round off the the Euro campaign, like it's been like it's been a brilliant six, seven, eight weeks, whatever it was, um, and full of highs and full of good vibes and everybody on the crest of a wave. Like so, I think it was really. Uh, it was brilliant to finish off like that, but I think it was really important as well for to not finish on a sour note. To finish that, I think everybody after I know we were out, but everybody afterwards was in great form, and everybody was really happy because we won our final game. And um, like you know, some record for you know for a club like us, who you know it's more often not than are in Europe. You know, to play six games in Europe and win four of them is is some going in in the one summer. So I was delighted to, to finish off with a performance like that and a victory. And Connor, there not a talk, talk, lot of talk about the left hand side with Paddy Kirk and Wilf Sherwood, but did they impress you as well? Uh, yeah, they, they did. Uh, I thought, um, you know, I thought I thought both Paddy Kirk and um and Wilf Sherwood played very well on the day. Um. You know, I think across, I think across the team, everybody kind of um, had had a pretty good account of themselves. I would say that you know, I would say there is like a, there's a good there's a big gap between between Viking and ourselves. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's 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 like if if we had to have, if we had to hold them over there for I know it's all ifs and buffs and like no it can never be proven. But if we had to hold that off for the first 15, 20 minutes over there, I don't think we're coming away losing five one. Yeah, like I mean. Look, we discussed it previously. Yeah, things absolutely did not go away. Everything that could have gone wrong in the open a couple of minutes did go wrong. But like, you know, when they like they were just kind of cantering around um, in the showgrounds. I think. You think so? I, I yeah. Well, like, I, like I thought about would it have been better if we had them at home? Yeah. In, in, if we got them at home, first of all. Get them on the on the tight pitch. I thought I thought in my own head I might have been able to kind of make more sense of it or make a better um judgment call on the whole situation. Yeah, maybe if we had them at home. But look at I suppose based on the way things played out over the two legs, and particularly in the first leg, it's difficult to it's difficult to make a call on it. Or even make a judgment like look at I mean uh, a Flag Rovers team has has gone to Scandinavia before and won over there, like you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look at it. I mean, it's 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 difficult to say one way or the other. But I I, I did have a feeling that they had their work done, and um, I, I suppose to, to go against that, I was surprised that in the end they did only make one change. I had anticipated that they would have made a lot more changes. Yeah. So with that in mind, they they obviously wanted to. Um, they weren't like putting the kids out or anything like you know. So they were they were showing respect in that regard. But I, I think like just the most important thing for me on the day was that. I think obviously it's important that we won, and it it made it softened the the blow of exiting exiting the competition a little bit, and like ultimately there's people there 
who were probably never in the showgrounds before and they had a really positive experience of what of what the club can be like you know so that was that was kind of my main takeaway from it but i think yeah like i mean overall um overall the team played very well and i think without but like the big takeaway for me is without um Kena, i think we're you know we're we're a different we're a different kind of proposition at all for the, in, as far as the opposition are concerned you know the one thing that struck me about the second leg of it and that made me think if we had it, if legs were reversed, that if we had taken them at home first, is they did try and play that same way against us in the showgrounds as they did at home. They still tried to, to spray them diagonal balls in behind us. And the pitch was actually too tight for them. They were overhitting an awful that's, lot of balls. That's ball. right, yeah. Uh, they, they knocked an awful lot of ball out of play. And I just wonder... Did it upset their tactics? And that's kind of why they sat in a little bit more and just wanted to stay a little bit more compact because they couldn't stretch the play the way they wanted to. And we unsettled them. And then we actually played around them as well. It just makes me think, if we got them in the home leg first, would things have been different? Yeah. Look, it might not have been. Would have, would have, yeah. But that, I guess you've, you're, you've kind of, you have, uh, you have, you've explained, I suppose, my own thinking, what I, what I couldn't explain about it, yeah. And like you're, you're right. There were definitely there was balls going into the stands that, that weren't going into the stands uh, over in, in mm. Norway. You know, um, uh, I, I, Magoo, you had an interesting post into the group. Uh, did you get a, a photograph, or did somebody get a photograph of the Viking uh, their their tactics board? Was that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, they I had, was. It was nothing. It was nothing major on it, like no. But I thought they they had uh, Frank down as very fast. <laughs> they, um, I don't know. I don't know if Frank's very fast. They, they, but like, there's nothing. But like, what you're on about that? I think. I think. You know, like the first leg, the the first fifteen minutes of of the tie killed us. That the tie was over after fifteen minutes of the first leg. Yeah, which was disappointed, but. You know, if we like, if things had gone differently, we'd hold out. Like we, we weren't caught like grabbing the headlights in the first 10, 15 minutes, and even we'd come back here with a three-one. Like I think, before the game kicked off, they would have been happy to win the first leg three-one. Mm-hmm. I think coming back here, second leg on the tight pitch would have worked to our advantage big time. Instead of things flipping round, I think it's just even even come back here two goals down, yeah. that tight pitch. And the crowd in Hopper would have worked big time for us. But look, it's all here, ifs and buts. It's never, you know. Yeah, because that's what, kind of what I'm getting at with the ties being flipping ago. I don't think those first 10 minutes happen if we had them at home first, you know, because I think we would have got something out of the game. They did, yeah, but I think they probably would have kept it. Like, you know, we might have only been up there with a draw or a thing and yeah. we still would have to cope with the big pitch again. It's the look, as you say, it's all if buts and maybe. But I, I suppose, like, if you do, if the, if the ties were flipped, the chances are we would have got through the half of the the tie with uh, with the with the you know we we wouldn't have lost Buckley basically I'm I'm saying and yeah as well yeah it's another that, big aspect then that changes the that changes how the whole kind of proposition looks then you know if we're going into the second tie with with lesser mountain to climb you know and, I'm not sure if any you can confirm it but um because I was I was obviously at the game so I didn't hear the commentary but on commentary I think it was mentioned that. By winning the game, we were in for another nice sum of money as well. Somebody said that to me you know. afterwards. Huh? I I, I, you only win money for, for rounds, but through as far as I know. Anyway, that's that's what I always assumed. I didn't think it was 
I thought, you know, when you're in the group stage, you get money, don't you, for wins and yeah. draws. Yeah. I didn't think you get it for winning legs. No, I think you just you're just winning ra- winning rounds. Yeah, I thought I was thinking that was too good to be true. Winning ties. Magoo, you did try to explain to me uh, after the game about the club coefficient versus the country coefficient. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> he was on the vodka at that stage. Yeah. How many? How many deep were we after that at that stage? Well, you, you, you tried to explain that. Um, I know you didn't try. You explained very well. I just didn't understand it. That uh, I never no, knew. I, I'd, have to, I'd have to give a man his dues here now. I think it was Clive that probably explained it properly in the end. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, Clive finds right. Yeah, I, I never so... knew there was a club coefficient and a country coefficient. Mm. Just to just for all those coefficient aficionados. Yeah, they can, they can text us and uh, they can tweet in and let us know. Um, yeah, value, I don't think I don't. I don't think I don't think the country coefficient will make much odds to us. Really, it's more of the club coefficient. So every win is obviously, uh, you know, better for us in, in the, for the next time we're in. Ronan, you're a figures man. What's the story? Uh, I don't know. Actually, don't know. I'm afraid. <laughs> Break it down for us, Ronan. Come on, we're top seed at running next year. Straight into the group stage. Well, I was thinking, like, are we not better off? Are we not? Well, I suppose, yeah, I was, I was going to say, are we not better off going in uh, to the qualifying rounds or having more qualifying round games because are we not likely to earn more money? But I suppose if you go in at the second qualifying round, you probably you get the money anyway because you're guaranteed. You get your money, yeah. yeah, you get a bigger. Yeah. 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 You're missing out. You're missing out on gate receipts and all that. Though. Right. So. Yeah. No. And and that's that's important to to a club like Rovers as well, I suppose. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, look at the Ballot Town the, and Motherwell and all that. You know, for for them being te- televised and all that. You know, that's all added income into us. Though. It's invaluable. Mm. Yeah, but that's you know you have to you have to get through that round. Yeah. For okay. to, for 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 that for that extra money to be. You know, worth it. You have to get through the first round, otherwise, yeah. You know, like we 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 nearly without the battle penalties. Like, take look at all we would have missed out on, not only financially wise, but just experience and and enjoyment wise. Like, yeah. for well, here's Brett for going out there. Yeah, for a couple of penalty kicks or the width of a crossbar. Like that's it. The width of the crossbar. Mind, like, love you, Ed. <laughs> and that's how that's how that's how that's how quick football can change. Like. Yeah, Do you know, I, you yeah. know. I wonder, like, apart from the financial benefits, like, what what's our biggest takeaway from the European journey or the European adventure? Like, what's what, joy what? for me anyway? Joy, just the, the joy that it brought, like the whole area. Like that's a uh, the, the day, the day, the whole day of that Motwell game. Oh man, I mean, just the whole buzz of it. It was it was bigger than the cup final for me. It was just oh, it was such a buzz. It really was. Um, and just everyone, the whole town, the, everyone in the whole region just bought into it. It was just everyone was on for the game. It was just just amazing experience. I know I thought just the joy of it all. Yeah, it's great. Minds that we didn't look out of place, that we looked like we fitted in, that we weren't just there as a token gesture. That we went and we actually we won a couple of legs. One, one, the one that everyone expected us to get walloped in comfortably. And then, fair enough, we did go and get bet by Viking quite heavily, but turned it around and held their own and got a victory then in the second leg. And we looked like we could hold our own in Europe, both on the pitch and off the pitch, because the ground and everything looked brilliant. The way the fans conducted themselves on away days, then 
in other countries, how well we were play, praised and held in such high regard by opposition fans. I think the club has done itself a serious, serious justice. And, you know, going forward, I think we look we look good in Europe. And I think, you know, people will look forward to playing Sligo Rovers. And I just think, you know, and then, as I says, on the pitch, we look like we belong there. I suppose, yeah, my one was going to be that, I don't know, it's kind of a real, I don't know, like each game, I suppose the games I was at, that like, it just felt like you you were part of it, or, you know, like it wasn't just, I don't know, I don't know, a team, Premier League team in England or whatever, like, you know, you're actually, you could actually, you were close to the pitch, you, you could sample it, you were right in the middle of it, like, and it kind of just felt like, you know, I suppose that you were, it's your home team, Roland. Yeah, that's that's what it, it is. Exactly. You were you were part you were part of something. Yeah. 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 You know, it was it was everything everything it was an event. It wasn't just a game of football. Every game was an event. Mm. Like uh like that whole Motherwell, you were on about doing the Motherwell, like that was a week, like from, from the away, like going over the Motherwell and the crack and everything over there and the results and, and it was just unreal, like and then but it was a whole week then you were riding high for the week. For the home leg, then and then the home leg was brilliant. Atmos, as you said, all that day, the atmosphere and the game, and it was. Um, I remember saying, I don't know if it was you, I said it's all, um, like last year or that year before. I remember going on, um, you know, being a Liverpool fan, watching Liverpool from afar. I remember thinking, like, I'd love to be a Liverpool fan from Liverpool in the city because every week they were having huge games, they were in, you know, it was coming to the end of the Champions League and they were flying high in the Premier League. and they were winning every week and I was thinking like I'd love to be there in the city a Liverpool fan born and bred in the city and that club is your own and then like because every day and every week is just a, that huge event and you're you're part of it and it's just and it's like a big steam train rolling down the tracks it just keeps going and going and you're on and you're on and for them six or seven weeks I, I, that's what it just felt like to be in the middle of that part of that every single day for them six, seven weeks with just Rovers and it was constantly good news, good vibes coming out over social media with all the videos that everybody had up and constantly good news coming out of the club with re-signing new contracts for lads and new signings and then like them six or seven weeks I think like as Donald said, better than any cup final that, that Motherwell game because of the whole package together I think the six, seven weeks is the best six, seven weeks of continuously of of, since I supported Rovers, like well, like and as you're saying there, go like even like I seen it with driving around with work and all that, and having to go into different estates and everything. Like you go into Tracy Avenue, Charlie Higgins has the house decked out in bunting, Ailish Downs is flags hanging out the window. Down in Cedar Drive, your own mother and father Magoo have flags outside outside the front of the house. There's loads of houses all over the place with flags everywhere, and it was just a constant buzz. You were never not reminded of the game. Every corner yeah. you turned. There was something remind you about Sligo Rovers. Our, every second person you talked to had something to say about the Rovers. I've spoken to loads of people, and unfortunately, I say loads, and it is true, that don't go to the showgrounds regularly. And they'd never really win. But they were all, there was still a, in a bit of a buzz about the Rovers. They were all oh, delighted to see them doing well. And it's brilliant. It's everything. Everyone had something to say about it, but it was all positive. Yeah. yeah. It's just lovely to feel that we buzz about the place because. Look, it's not often it comes around for us. We had a great spell of success there a few years ago and the town was hopping for it. But I don't think we appreciate it as much as we should have when we were in it. 
And, you know, everyone always says that, you know, I mean, the journey's far better than the destination. And we didn't enjoy the destination when we were there. But this time around, I think we've soaked up every last ounce of it in the realisation that this may, may not happen for another couple of years. Personally, I think we're back there next year anyway. But, I, you know, there is a, you have to be devil's advocate and everything else that, you know, it might not happen. So enjoy it. And I think every Sligo Rovers fan did. And look, we got blessed as well with the draws that they were so easy to get to in terms of Wales and Scotland. You couldn't have asked for better. So it allowed a lot of people to sample European football that maybe not have, haven't got the chance to before. Like that was my first time away with, with Rovers in Europe. And I tell you one thing, the liver and head will never be the same after, but it was well worth it. Unreal. One uh, one other thing, um, I'm fully convinced I won the fucking halftime raffle on, on Thursday. 100% convinced I won the halftime raffle. And I was over sitting beside her on the fours of that hour, over the 670 stand. And there's no speaker working over there, so how are you supposed to know if you won the raffle or not? Well, you can't. Well, Donald, I, Donald, there's no speaker working in the main stand either, so <laughs> <laughs> I may well have won it. But I, 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 I thought, geez, maybe I won it this time. Uh, and uh, next thing I saw on Twitter, the club had up on Twitter, and no one came to halftime raffle. Because nobody so, knew. Could have been me. Yeah, but I, did, I, not, didn't, didn't they put the number out? They did, yeah. And my wife's way tickets out in the bin and I actually ah, first. Yeah. that's your own fault that's your own fault you know what I think I I think I won it too but um, I washed mine so I, I split it with Jimmy Gump to be fair I think I won it too but I didn't buy any tickets but who's to yeah. we'll claim it anyway yeah. but you know it's great it, I also I think the, the Viking fans I someone told me or I saw somewhere that they cleaned up the stand after themselves after the game so they think look at they, they, they showed a lot of class they, they, the manager came over he clapped he brought all the fans after the game as well so well, they're, they're, they're a classy club they seem like a classy club well, I'll tell you myself and my wife went for uh, a bite to eat in Walkers on Friday evening and we were uh, we sat outside in the kind of terracey kind of section uh, off the back and about went in for about half seven and uh, there was two two fellas definitely not from town sitting on the other table and I said uh, oh, are you Vikings and they said yeah we are Vikings yeah 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 I said what are you still doing here and they said well uh, we had uh, we had scheduled we were scheduled to go to Dublin uh, this morning but Sligo is just so beautiful we decided to stay <laughs> 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 In fairness, though, as, as Sean said earlier, too, like the, the whole, not only is the club showing itself in a great light the last few years, but the town and community as well. Like, even like you, like, say there about all the, the Norway lads, like, they couldn't, you see on social media, they couldn't say enough nice things about the town and the people. But Motherwell lads were the same, like, and they were even, they were even um, complimenting the cops and everything, like, you know, they were saying they were being so nice. They're probably used to being so, that, that was so heavy handedly over there, yeah. you know, in and out of all. In and out of Celtic and Rangers and all this kind of stuff, it's just uh, sit over here like cops were smiling and joking with them, taking pictures with them, all that kind of stuff. And we, I remember chatting to a few of them afterwards in Moonies as well, like, and we're saying the same, not, nothing but good things to say about anybody that met all that day. Like, like, people were so nice to them and friendly to them. And I, th I think the whole town itself, not only the club, but the town has been shown in such a great light the last couple of weeks. It just goes to show how important. Rovers is for the community in the town. Absolutely. And well, you look at all the businesses that would have made money out of it, Magoo. 
and big yeah, money. Yeah. You know? So it all it does all have a knock on effect and just hopefully people see that and we can, you know, make more of it going forward. Oh yeah. Like it's it's not just you know, Rover's doing well means the town does well. Exactly. Yeah. Going on then we moved on then to the Pats game on Sunday. Uh, a disappointing result. A disappointing result for Ronan. Great support there. Is that the game itself? Great support there from, from the bit of right. The Forest lads made plenty of noise. The whole way through the game, they're fantastic. Uh, it was a tight game. They looked like two tired teams. Probably the television didn't do it justice, but it was like an open up there. It was just dead heat and uh, it was very difficult for, for both sides. And I suppose a bit of a mix up at the back cost us really what I suppose the point would have been a fair result, I think. The, given the performance both sides and, and the run the European runs that both Pats and ourselves have been on. But it wasn't to be on the night. Uh, I don't think it was a bad performance. Maybe the, uh, what you call it, Max Matter was a bit isolated up front and frankly back I think he maybe hooked the touchline a bit more. He kept cutting inside. We were very, very narrow. Uh, but as I say, not a bad performance, not a great result. Just move on, kick on and hopefully finish the season strong this I'd say just the, the most notable thing for me like, I think Donald I would agree with you the two both teams look tired I would say Pats were probably marginally better than us but the big challenge that we had was we just didn't have enough people whenever Matt had got in possession of the ball I thought he did his job as well as he could he did quite well but just nobody went past him so even if he was running the ball he was holding it up he was only going to ever going to give it back to McDonald or to the midfield that were that were sitting back behind him. There was nobody, no options beyond him. And um, you know, when you don't, when we fail to have that kind of level of uh, energy for midfield, you're we're kind of snookered, I suppose. Like you know, I think Connor that comes into play as well, though, is that you know without Keenan, the number ten. Oh, absolutely. We're uh, you know we're further back automatically because I think even when McDonald plays in the 10 his natural tendency is to drop back he's he's a deep laying player you know and I think it suits him better anyway I don't think he operates as well as he does uh, normally when he's playing as an 8 when he plays as the 10 uh, it didn't it didn't help us at all I thought we were we were dropping far too deep and as you said it left Matt a very very exposed he maybe had to take nearly three touches before someone was around him you know and at that stage then Pats had a swarmed it didn't help us at all, and it just it just shows the lack of options that we have attacking ways. Like even you look at the substitutions, whereas I praise Russell for his substitutions, they didn't really do anything for us on Sunday. You know, we took took off Burton and bring on Bulger. It's like for like, it's not going to affect the game as it should do. And even we brought on O'Sullivan for Levac, and I thought Levac was coming into the game in the second half, but when they got the player sent off their game plan changed as well, where Levac was going to be, not pointless, but where he was cutting inside all the time, that wasn't going to happen. When they were sitting back, they were, you know, they were going to have more bodies behind the ball. It was going to be more congested into the areas where he was trying to cut into. It made, it made sense for O'Sullivan to come on, where he, he's going to try and go on the outside and get across into the box. But I don't even think he got a chance to go by his player once. It's just, nothing worked out for us the way it should have on the day. I don't think we actually played that bad. We were okay. But we could not create chances in the final third. And our one big chance fell to our right back. Whereas you're praying that lands on the head of Max Mata. And like that's too huge. Like not putting any blame on Lewis Banks whatsoever. But just in terms of this race for Europe, 
like two huge chances have fallen at his feet now. You go back to the UCD game in Belfield uh, after the game after Derry. We were one nil up and the ball gets fizzed across the six yard area and Banks misses it altogether. Like we scored out, we go on and win that game comfortably. And that's a three points, and you could have had coming away with a point from injury core. That's your four points. You're in fourth spot. You know, it's just little things like that, just haven't fallen for us yet on the Russell and even giving away stupid goals. That's our downfall. We're not we actually haven't been ripped open. Put Viking aside, but in the in the league, we haven't been ripped open by a side where I can actually turn around and say that was an excellent goal. Every goal we've conceded so far has been down to individual errors, bad individual errors. And it was no different on Sunday where Luke McNicholas makes a mess of it. I don't think Shane Blaney covers himself in glory either, personally. But I, the majority of the blame will fall on McNicholas. And it's that one opportunity. I know you'll have different pundits coming across saying Pats were brilliant and Pats were excellent. No, they weren't. Pats were poor. They, were, it was, they weren't poor. They were okay. Chris Forrester was brilliant. Chris, Chris Forrester was excellent. That was about it. Redmond was good at the back as well. He'd done his job quite well. But um, nothing else from them. I thought we dominated most of the possession, but it was played in the wrong areas. We couldn't do nothing in the final third. And obviously that's that's going to hurt you. And it hurt us on Sunday. <clears throat> but I still think we're we're all right going forward, like into Friday and stuff like that. I still think we'll have enough for Harps. I, I think the challenge, one of the challenges we have is the injuries that are mounted up. You know, and it's it's difficult for Russell to try and enforce much change when... Absolutely. He, he's so limited. The options are limited, like, you know. But you look at even, like, I mean, heart goes out to him because you look at Jamie Kyo. Like, look at the opportunity that's that would have landed at his feet now. Yeah. You know, we're screaming <clears throat> out for a, a natural number 10. And it, we have one. We have a brilliant one, but he's in the fucking stands. Yeah. Because it's not down to his fault. It's not down to any fault of his. It's just pure... It's been the story of a Sligo Rovers career since he's come back. It's just unlucky. Very, very important, Chef. You know, and it's so it's so frustrating because you've seen what he can do when he comes on against Derry. And that, like everyone thought, this is it. This is Shamey Kyo taking off. We're going to see the best of him. And then bang, he gets a terrible injury. Like he couldn't write it. And, you know, like he's, the playing time he would have got over the last few weeks is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And yeah, any, any idea when he's back or anything, you know? Next season, really? Yeah, he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Magoo, you thought uh, you thought the keeper was at fault for the goal? Yeah, Lucas. Yeah, I thought Lucas at fault. Like as I was saying earlier, like when a keeper's leaving his box, it's last resort stuff. And once you're coming out leaving your box, you have to make sure you're getting there. Um, I don't think he needed to be leaving his box. I don't think it was last resort stuff. There was, there was two, three, maybe even four defenders converging on that area against one Pats attacker. Like, if, if, if Blaney slides in there and misses the ball like he did, the Pats fella still has to beat Luke then in the goals if none of the rest of the defenders get there first. So, mm-hmm. I and he can see all the play coming out like. So, look, having said that... Does Blaney have to make I, the challenge? He does see, that's, what he, that's what I was going to say. Blaney probably does because he can't see behind him. Yeah. So, you have to... You know, yes, just if he doesn't, if Blaney just presumes he's he's Luke is coming and he's going to get there and leaves it, and your man walks in and scores, like you can't, you know, he has to, Blaney has to, he can't see behind him, so he has to, he has to be put into challenge. Um, look, having said that, if Luke gets there a split second area or not, stand to the stand, it's you know, he's getting praised, well done. 
that's the the life of a keeper. You know, it's split seconds. Um, I think like like okay, I don't I don't think there was anything between us. Like Sean said, I don't think Pat. I can't remember Luke making a save. Other than you know, I I think he caught one. Yeah, it was pretty much straight at him. Um, I can't really remember anything else from them. Uh, it looked like two tower tire things. I thought I thought the first twenty minutes we were good. We looked good. Kirk and Fitzgerald on the left were linking up really well with Matt. They had a little triangle going down the left hand side. He got in a couple of times down there, but look, we ran out of legs. It's uh, that was our opportunity, wasn't it? That first yeah. couple of minutes, we we started like a house on fire. We were, yeah, you know, we we looked really energized and really up for it, and you know, we were attacking them really well. Fitzgerald especially was getting in on that left side, and we just couldn't generate a proper chance out of it in that first twenty minutes, and then they settled into the game. I think actually. And it was something that was pointed out in commentary. Is that that water break? That water break killed us. That was a fucking joke. What? He, the, the game was stopped for four minutes or whatever it was when yeah. Kirk went down injured and everybody went over to the sideline and had water and a chat with the manager and he started again for 30 seconds and then blows up for a water break. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. crazy. That's, not even, that's not even bad refereeing. That's just no common sense. Like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. And I tell you, I tell you what else as well. He played five minutes, five minutes injury time. He didn't even play the full five minutes injury time. It was more like uh, four minutes thirty seconds. Now that's me being, but I I remember him. Uh, it was McGrath. It was the David McGrath the referee? Was not. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say no more about it. <laughs> there's a, there'll be fines coming your way, Donald. You know, the most we deserved out of it was a draw. Like I think, I think a draw would have been a fair as off for both teams. But Absolutely. like when, you, when you're, when you're, when you're missing players like that, the players were missing anyway. Like you, you're going to need a bit of luck to go your way, and we just didn't get it. No, but it's just, it's just on that. Like every ball broke to pass to a pass player. It was just you, you watching the game, and the more I watched it, it was just like you just knew there's nothing going away at all the whole way through the game. So you straight it off. That's it. just one of those nice sets. Right, lads, we'll move on now to the latest news, I suppose. Um, so first of all, I suppose, is the senior women's team. They played bowls last Saturday and unfortunately they were defeated 2-0. Um, Donald, I suppose you could say it was, a, it was disappointing, especially to concede in the first minute of the game. Yeah, and conceded late in the game as well. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it, but... Uh, Look, like we say every week, it's every game's learning learning curve with the with the ladies, and uh, they're going to come back stronger next season. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And Magoo, you go on. I was going to say they were unlucky, to be honest with you. Um, as you said, they conceded like both scored straight from the kickoff, I think. Um, but it's it's second half, especially Rovers were the better team. Um, and just before both scored their second, Emma Darley had a great chance uh, in round the back and on the volley. And I suppose she was only about 10 yards out. Um, and she just kind of snatched at it and it, it kind of off the out of her foot and scooted wide. Like, and Bowles nearly went up, kind of more, more or less throughout the pitch and scored their second. But for that, most of that second half, Rovers were a better team. Again, like, and um, as I as said, like, you know, every week is learning curve and they're holding their own against, against these. More established sides like week in week out, and um, for large periods of the game, dominating these teams like so. It's, it's look at it all both well. No one, no one expects them to be where they are in this first season. So, um, 
I think every every game and every performance like that is a bonus. And you know they were missing a lot of Wolves were missing a lot of of the big players the other day too. Jim McGuinness was missing and the new girl. Um, uh, what's her name? The new girl. Amy Boyker. Amy Boyker. Yeah, she was missing as well, and that's so, all. Um, I think there was one or two other missing. Um, so they were missing a few good players. Like, so they played really well for the team that out. And Donald there, Magoo mentioned um, Emma Doherty. We saw during the week as well that she's been called up to an Ireland senior training camp. Like it's, you know, as we, we've said it time and time again, I suppose that like you know it's it's great to see that you know she's getting the, she's the getting, inter- you know, getting that. I suppose not attention, but you know what I mean. She's getting the platform. recognition. That's yeah, it. recognition. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like the few games that I saw, like there was a couple of goals there that she scored, and I'm not conscious she she is so talented. Uh, like she's going places, and uh, you know, and good luck to her. And it's great that she's getting the platform here to to showcase exactly how good she is because she is a quality, and <clears throat> it's a joy watching her play. I say she's so clinical, and I do believe, honestly, believe that. With herself and Keena, we had the two best strikers in both leagues. We're, we're very lucky at the moment. But both of them are player of the month, aren't they, for July? They are, yeah. That's going to be announced now tomorrow, Thursday. So, very good. World exclusive. And and well-deserved, too. Absolutely. Uh, it's the, I think it's the first time uh, in the League of Ireland that two players from uh, the women's team and the men's team have won it in the same month. Breaking records. Tiger Rovers making history again, huh? Yeah. Alan, yeah, there you go. Standard bearers, just, we're the fucking standard bearers of the league. Come on, just on Emma Doherty as well, though. Like the commitment that girl is showing to this club is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Like, just I got to talk to her briefly there the other day, and she was just saying, like, even for they're playing Cork on Saturday, and she used to leave her house at half six in the morning to be down in the showgrounds to get the bus then down to Cork and then obviously play a game and then make her way back home. Like that dedication and commitment, that's nothing to be laughed at. And then to produce the quality she's producing on top of that as well. The girl's a phenomenon. She's like she's going she's going in the right direction anyway. And I I would wouldn't be far away from saying she'd be in the WSL very soon. Scrandlets um just before you go off, just before um Roland, the yeah. girl you mentioned last week, um Getting her recognition for Ireland, came mm-hmm. on and made her debut in at the weekend as well. Addis Lily, oh yeah, Addis yeah. Lily. She came on to make her debut for the senior women's team. So, yeah, so another another big moment for another rising star in the in the women's game around this region. Absolutely, and it's from Balnafad. So now we'll move on to Connor. Has a bit of news for us regarding. Yes. Uh, so we're all aboard the train to the White Hag and Ballymote on uh, Saturday, the 24th of September. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we went out there last year. Uh, there was uh, between 50 and 60 of us out there for what proved to be, uh, you know, you talk about your mother wells, you talk about your Ballatown away days. Let me tell you, Ballymote away day tops them all. Um, we had a great day out there last year and we're going to do the trip uh, one more time. Uh, we're going to, as I said, on the 24th of September <clears throat> to watch uh, S- Scotland are at home to face uh, the Republic of Ireland. So we will take that game in on the TV and um, we will uh, more than likely get a train out from Sligo Station 
uh, at around five o'clock-ish. Uh, I have uh, the full details on the Borst website uh, very shortly and when you're listening to this podcast. And um, we will take in the game. We're, there'll be music. Hopefully, Jerry O'Connor will make another batch of sandwiches um, that went down a tree. Hopefully. What? <laughs> It wasn't jury, it was Jacinta made sandwiches. Yeah, top, top sandwiches. Um, yeah, no, there'll be music, fun, crack, and uh, plenty of tasty white hag beer. We're taking the Ireland game, and um, we might have um, some special guests uh, on the evening too. And then we will all board uh, the last train out of Ballymoat back at the Sligo Town uh, just around 10 o'clock. So just after the uh, international game with the Nations League, game finishes we will uh, pack our bags and head back on the train so we're selling tickets on the board's website and i'm sure we'll have the link out on our social media stream shortly as well we're selling the tickets for 39.99 an absolute steal uh, the ticket gets you entry to the white hag and um you can fill your boots with beer uh, after that so it's great value it is incredible fun um don't know were you there last year <laughs> I, I can't remember. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you there last year? I was indeed. Uh, you 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 promote or you uh, you're um, you're gonna you know are you gonna sell sell the trip to all our listeners? Oh, <laughs> where do we where do we start with it? Um, yeah, if you want to hang over for two weeks, definitely go. <laughs> Well worth it. Um, I know, genuinely, what a day out. What a day out. Unbelievable. Um, the crack we had was serious, now, in fairness. You yeah. know, I know there was a football game on in the background of it, I'm sure. But uh, who, who, did, who did Ireland play? <laughs> that's, a good, that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> who, who did Ireland play? Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan, yeah. What was the score? Oh, I couldn't tell you. 1 0 to Azerbaijan. Was it? No, I have no idea. I, I thought we were playing Kazakhstan. I think um, it was uh, it was one one. It was the fourth of September, wasn't it? <laughs> better memory than me. All I know is I was on that the Black Pig, as they were calling it, their version of Guinness. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Yeah. drink your weight in that if you're coming out. Um, oh, it's a great day. I'm forty euro and thirty nine ninety nine. Donald, thirty nine ninety nine. Sorry, man, I tell you something for nothing. It's it's a savage day. It's a savage value for money for that. But even anyone anyone who likes rovers the way it is, uh, even, even the train, even the train on the way back. What a bit of crack! The song, oh, great, great. Great. Chant and everything. Just such a laugh, honestly. So well, I mean, it it is a bit like in the way they um, it's got the same kind of buzz. Uh, it's a lot of rovers' heads uh, chatting, mostly rover stuff. Um, but you can talk about whatever you like, really. But it's it's uh, predominantly it's a bit like it's it's an away day at home, basically. Is the yeah. best way to put it. All the money goes towards the trust, which ultimately ends up, um, for the most part, uh, with Sligo Rovers. Um, we're grateful to the people in the White Hag, Bob, and all the team there for facilitating uh, our second visit out there. And um, yeah, so that's it. We'll have uh, a link to the ticket sales, which happen online. Uh, on our social streams uh, very shortly and we'll have it up on the website as well and we would encourage as many of you as possible to uh, to get on it and uh, because uh, I don't know how many I don't I don't know how limited it will be but there is only a certain amount of space out there um it'll operate those who of you who were at the extra hagstravaganza recently it's a slightly smaller operation than that so we are limited to numbers so get get your tickets as soon as possible uh, and even those who who have been at the hagstravaganza will 
no, what a great facility to have out there. Uh, brewery's brilliant. Um, for those who are interested, we can do a little tour of the brewery as well. Bob did it last year. I'm sure we can we can do it again. And uh, yeah, it's just a great day out. So um, we would we'd encourage everybody to to support uh, this innovative uh, and uh, drink fueled uh, fundraiser. <laughs> no other club, no other club in the country does it. That's nope. it. Yeah. Yeah. No other club. Making history. Making history again. Standard Bears only told you. Standard Bears. Right, you're right. Yeah. So just the date again, it's Saturday the 24th of September, uh, leaving Sligo train station. You can get out any way you want, but um, the handiest way is the, is the train out and the train back. The ticket cost does not cover the train tickets. You're on your own there. Um, but that's easily sorted. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. Right, lads. We'll move on now to the final part of this week's show. And we will look ahead to the Finn Harps game on Friday night. First of all, Magoo, I suppose, how important is this game on Friday night? We just have to make sure we get it. We 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 get ourselves up now and beat Harps. Like these are these are the games we we, we struggle to win. Yeah, is is the likes of this Harps and uh, away our home. You know, the UCDs, Harps, Drahas. These are the ones where we seem to struggle and and we don't play our best football in because. You know, we know what they want to do. They want to step back. They want to. They want to cut off the spaces. They don't want. They don't want to leave any room in behind. All this kind of stuff that we can. We seem to struggle in to break down teams. So we have to find a way this weekend. I think Burton will obviously help in that. Probably just for constantly recycling the ball and keep it moving quicker and stuff. Um, but hopefully Kane will be back too to to add that bit of magic. Um, and get three points. And as Sean said, I don't. I don't think we're out of the race at all. Um. But it will, it will. There's, there's less margin for error for us from now to the end of the season. So we just have to start putting a run together now. Yeah, I look, I look with Friday coming in as well. You know, I think you have to look at Harps and just take them for what they are this season. It's not the usual Harps team that we would have faced in years previous. Like even looking at the record in Finn Park, which was a fortress and the reason they stayed up in the league for so many years. Like they've won two games there this season. Or three games. They've won three games at home this season. Like they that's beat, unheard they beat, of. Uh, they beat Drada in the their the second last game they played, which is yeah, their second win of the season. Like they scored three goals. They do score goals, but I think uh, they're they're very easily beat beat. I, you know, I, I I don't fear them in any way, shape, or form. We've dismantled them at home already this season twice. Um I don't see any reason why we don't go up there and beat them as well. Look, they they can be tricky. But it isn't the same harp side that we, you know, that we are used to playing. You know, they but, don't seem to have that fight about them, that real battle mentality, that hardened Ollie Horgan side. I think, you know, if we're if we have a right mindset going into that game, I, I do think we, we won't hammer them by any means. You know, it's rare you you hammer them up in Finn Park, but I do think we should have enough to, you know, one one nil, two one maybe. But I look at I I'd be very weary of of any Ollie Horgan side to be fair, especially one that's like dear to the pin of their corner now. They need to start picking up points, and they see us as uh, they want to see us as three points, uh, 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 an easy opportunity, an easier opportunity for three points than maybe playing the likes of Shams or something like that. Us being on a European run, um, carrying a lot of injuries going into the game, you know, the, the, you know, probably. On the back of a, of a disappointing result up in Richmond Park as well, they're going to look at us and they're going to say, "Look at these boys are tired. These boys, we can get, we we can 
you know what I mean? They're going to see us as an opportunity for three points. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, dismiss them. I just be very worried. We've we've struggled up late. We've struggled to break down teams that we should be beating. So I I don't care how we do it. Um, I just just do it. Just get it over the line by hook by crook and 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 just get the three points come back down the road happy. Absolutely, um, Donald. I think the biggest thing is what we have to look at is just stopping these silly goals that we're conceding. Yeah. Communication at the back is, is yeah. just needs, needs to be worked on. I know, look, in fairness, I know Luke is uh, Luke is only coming into the team and there is going to be look, a transition and area. And it's, it's, a new, it's a new centre-half partnership as well in front of them. Yeah, yeah. So there will need to be a bit in time. But I think what's left is it 10 games left, is it? 11. 11. Like, you know, it's... Uh, like I tell you, Grace Terry will be clean sheets. Uh, Grace Terry will be clean sheets on, on Friday night. Exactly, build from no. there. And we would have had a clean sheet on, on Sunday night as well, only for that bit of a mix-up. So, like, it's in them. You know, they're all quality defenders. And Luke's quality keepers. So, we'll be fine. Hey, can I just say one thing? I forgot to. Um, we'd no winner of the 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 White Hag uh, beer scorecast against the uh, Viking. So we've picked uh, two. I picked two names at random, and uh, uh, Brian Lynch is one, and a fella called Jamie McGoldrick is the second. So oh we'll Jesus! Get, we'll get um, <laughs> we'll get uh, two cases of uh, White Hag Clan Club Club out to both of you uh, in the coming days. And while we before we go, um, I as well just want to say a big thanks to anybody who signed up for the. The, the 500 Club membership, it's been flying us. There's been uh, a great amount of sign-ups, I think, this last week. Um, and anybody who wants to sign up, it's only five euros. Like all the talk we were on about earlier on with your, the community and uh, the European nights, everything. If you want to feel part of it even more so, um, it's only five euros. And the membership forms, um, you can find them on the board's websites or the Cycle Rovers websites. So go there and sign up. Yeah. And there was people yeah. signing up from all over the world over the last couple of days I saw people from Australia the United States uh, all sorts of places so yeah great right lads we'll finish there thank you Donald thank you Roland thank you Sean cheers Roland thank you Magoo cheers Roland cheers boys and thank you Connor. cheers Roland thank you lads we went two and up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. It's brilliant. 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 Here comes Quigley. Yeah.